Shalom Chavirim, and welcome to Live with Rabbi Block, an opportunity for you to type in questions. I'll answer questions. We can talk. You can always send me emails, rabbiblock at hotmail.com, and I'll be glad to address your questions. Or if there's like some other topics that you would like to discuss, be glad to discuss them. The topic that I picked for this evening is the Ten Commandments for the 21st century. Now, I know we're thinking, aren't the Ten Commandments for every century? Uh, yes, yes they are, but we are in the 21st century. So it might be neat to talk about or discuss what they mean for us living in a very different time with very different medicine, with very different science, with access to material and books and translations that never existed before. And so that's why I thought I would do tonight's Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments appear in two different places. In Exodus 20, 1 through 15 or 16, 1 through 7, Exodus 20, it's also in Leviticus as well. And it's easy enough using a computer to Google Ten Commandments. You can find them, you can find the listing. So that it's not a, a mystery. And it's not only the property of clergy or of any one religion. In the past, if people wanted to understand the text or wanted to understand the Bible, you went to church, you went to temple, you went to synagogue, you went to some place of worship, and it was interpreted for you, and you were told what it meant, because access wasn't available, with the inventing of the printing press, Bibles became more accessible, but even then, it took many years. Now, in the 21st century, we have the cloud, we have the internet, we have multiple sources, we, have, we can look up things. So, if I say something to you while I'm speaking, you can go on your computer, you can look it up, and you could see, wait a minute, that's not right, or he made that up, or he's not quoting the same thing where if you didn't have access to a computer, you would either accept what I was saying or turn me down, turn me off, turn away and find another source of information. But you would always wonder. I think the internet is really the great equalizer. It's really made religion democratic. However, we have to take advantage of it. Too many of us, too often, don't take advantage of the internet and resources to look up, to challenge what someone's teaching us, what someone's saying. We may find something on TikTok that someone else is presenting, and well, that sounds right or that's true. Well, can't do that, shouldn't do that, you don't want to do that, you're not doing 
justice to yourself. You're not being fair to yourself. So let me Mirandize all of you out there. I don't want you to believe me. I don't want you to believe anything I say. I want you to look it up. I want you to look out the window. Are the things I'm saying consistent with your reality? Are the things I'm saying supported by what other things you've been taught, other things you've been read? You are the ultimate authority. You are the ultimate person to decide if what I'm saying is valid. And I think that's very, very important. You know, it's not often you're going to hear a clergy begin a discussion by saying to you, I don't want you to believe me. Just because I'm a rabbi, just because I'm old, just because I'm quoting from some old books, or just because I'm quoting from some old dead people, I'm telling you, I'm going to present, I'm going to talk about things, and I know that you can look them up. I know that you could check on what I'm saying. So it's in my best interest not to make things up, not to lie to you, and I have no political agenda. Truly, the number of people watching, the number of likes, number of followers, there's truly nothing in it for me. I'm retired from the VA. I'm Rabbi Emeritus of a congregation. So, I want to share my knowledge. I want to teach. I want to present. And at the same time, I want you to confirm for yourself that what I'm saying makes sense. And that what I'm saying is consistent. And if it isn't, look it up. Check it out. Look at... Look at Look at Exodus chapter 20. The first 20 verses. There's the Ten Commandments. Now, we've run into a, not a problem with translation, but let's just be aware. The original text was written in biblical Hebrew. I can't help it. I can't change that. The original scripture was not written in Shakespearean English. It was not written in Greek. It was not written in Latin. Those are all translations. And we want to look at different translations and compare them. Be unless we're familiar with Biblical Hebrew and we can go to the original. That's the most reasonable, is to go to the original source. However, there are some excellent translations out there. And if you look at different translations, you can begin to see that sometimes there's a political agenda. The translator or the religion using that translation wants to promote a certain view, give us a certain slant, if you will. And so, with the Ten Commandments, it's not as simple as we might think. However, if we look at the Jewish, Protestant, and Catholic versions, if we look at different translations, we'll see that they're really saying the same thing in slightly different verbiage. And again, we, we meaning you really, have to look at it and decide what 
what does the wording mean? How does it address me? How does it affect me living in the 21st century? The Ten Commandments were given, revealed, absorbed in the wilderness and the desert. No one owned the property. They were handed over to the Hebrew people to spread the word, not to own it, not to be the only people who would have access to it, but rather to provide it for everyone. That was the goal. There is nothing parochial in the Ten Commandments. It doesn't refer to any one religion. It doesn't refer to any one time and place. And that's our first clue that it was, if not given in the desert, if not re actually revealed by God, if it was God inspiring human beings to teach it, all of that fits. Individuals had an inspiration. And so they recorded that inspiration. And it's come down to us in different versions. Perfect. That's perfect. Leviticus 19, the holiness code, is something else that's worth looking at. And that also has no reference to anyone's religion. It's not about doing this or doing that. It's God teaching how we should behave as human beings. So let's take the Ten Commandments at that. This is a way for us to act as human beings. God inspired it. Okay. God revealed it. Okay. Some individuals wrote it down exactly as God dictated it. Okay. We have to get beyond the religious bickering, arguing, and being picky -yoon. Remember the sin of scrupulosity. Stay away from being that scrupulous because then we're going to miss the commandments. We're going to miss the teachings. And let's not the word commandment fool us or trick us or influence us. It's a commandment because it's related to God. There were no Ten Commandment police. There are no Catholic police. There are no Jewish. There are Catholics who are policemen. There are Jews who are policemen. There are Muslims who are policemen. That's all, that's all true. There are different religions of policemen and of firemen. However, there's unfortunately, unlike Iran, unlike other countries, where there are religious police and moral police going around dictating the views of one person, one way, one individual. Thank God we live in the United States of America where religion is open. We vote with our feet. We choose. We can go to the ballot box and vote for different individuals who may be passing laws or rules and we want to use our vote. Don't let the word commandment but trick you, fool you into thinking that somehow you're going to be punished or someone's going to get you. God's not going to get you. God's not going to punish you. There are no one will knock at your door at four o'clock in the morning like the KGB. No one's going to do anything like that. These are commandments because those of us who see them as in inspired by God, see a connection to God.
And the word commandment means a connection to God. And if we want to love God, to feel connected to God, following these commandments is a good way to feel that. It's a moral compass, if you will. It's a GPS, it's a path, it's a way that we can connect with the One. And I like that view. The Ten Commandments are a way to unite with with the One. The first commandment, I am the Lord your God. Now, we have to stop for a minute because God's personal name, yud Hey vav Hey, sometimes called the Tetragrammaton, four letters, is mispronounced in English as Jehovah or Yahweh. I say mispronounced not in a value way, not in a judgment way of any kind, but because the letters and vowels in Hebrew can't be pronounced. So if you're going to try to pronounce God's personal name, yeah, you're going to mispronounce it because it's not pronounceable. Now, why was that done? That was done because one of our Ten Commandments is you should not use God's personal name in an oath. That's one of the commandments. There is no commandment about four-letter words, There's no commandment prohibiting vile language. I always like to say, God was in the Navy, he's heard it all. You're not going to hurt God's feelings. Besides, words that we consider vulgar and obscene are cultural. If you use the same word in France that you use in the United States, no one would think it was bad or vulgar. If you use some French language, no one would consider it bad or vulgar because language is about society. It's about how we live as people. So we'll leave that for another discussion. Unless someone wants to interject and have another discussion. However, one of the commandments is do not use God's name in, sometimes it says in vain. What does that mean in vain? It means in an oath. Don't use God's personal name Cavalierly, Don't keep throwing out God's personal name. What's funny is you can't break that commandment because you can't pronounce God's personal name. There's a yud, a hey, a vav, a hey, and some random vowels. So whenever we see God's personal name, we substitute the word Adonai, which means Lord. So when you see the word Lord, do not think it refers to another biblical person or another individual. The word Lord in the Hebrew scripture refers to God's personal name. And you can look it up in the Hebrew. Again, remember I mentioned about the internet and looking things up, so I can't hide anything from you. I can't make anything up because we can look it up. I can split my screen, show it to you. I am the Lord your God now is that a commandment itself or is that part of the first commandment I am the Lord your God you shall have no other gods beside me and who is that me me is Adonai Yud Hey 
Vavhei. It's his personal name. Ah, that makes sense. Look, it's a sign of respect to not use someone's personal name unless you ask them, unless they gave you permission, or sometimes you don't like to use someone's personal name. When I was with the VA in our hospital, I was a chaplain. I'm still a chaplain. And my patients would call me Chaplain Block. Some would call me Rabbi Block. A few of my World War II veterans when I started 50 years ago would call me Padre because it was more common to have a Catholic priest as a chaplain. So they used Padre Father to refer to any chaplain and I consider that the ultimate compliment. And they weren't being disrespectful and they knew I was a rabbi and they used Padre as a complimentary name. And then some of my veterans would use the name Rabbi. Well, but they didn't use my first name. How much the more so I'm not going to use God's personal first name. So that's why we substitute Adonai, Lord, for God's personal name. You shall not have any other gods besides me, Adonai, Yudhei, Vavhei. Do not have any other gods. Um, Sometimes, and I think this is worth bringing into the 21st century, sometimes we misunderstand what the word, what God was talking about, or what the word God actually means. We sometimes say, well, I have no other gods. How about money? How about fame? How about something else not worthy of worship? And that's going to be our lesson for tonight. I'm, I'm, re- I'm looking at some of the comments. I may have to use a different shirt next time because I, I might have trouble reading against my the white letters against my blue shirt. So please excuse me if you post something and I'm not responding because I'm, I, the color, the contrast. Oh, okay. No other gods. Take God, the word God to mean a higher power, something outside oneself that's worthy of worship. And sometimes we elevate other things and make them, we worship them. And that's what the warning is. That's what the commandment is alerting us to. To be very careful that we don't take something not worthy of worship, not worthy of praise, not worthy of dedicating our time to, not worthy of dedicating our lives to. Sometimes we take these things and we elevate them. We elevate them on, a, on par with the one, with God, the one who really is worthy of our attention, worthy of worship, the one that we should pay attention to. So what does this mean in the 21st century? There are a lot of things out there that are calling us, that want our attention. Property, 
houses, material things, stuff. How much of our time, energy, how do we treat other people in order to access or acquire, acquire some of these other things? Perhaps this is what the commandment is warning us, is alerting us to. Be very careful. There is only one, the one. Maybe we'll use the expression higher power. Maybe we'll use the expression God. Maybe we'll use an English pronunciation of Yahweh or Jehovah with the understanding that we're actually mispronouncing God's personal name. But that's okay because we're not supposed to pronounce God's personal name. So it's almost like a nickname. However, using it triggers in, my, in the listener, oh, that's referring to the one. That's referring to God. Nothing wrong with Jehovah. Nothing wrong with Adonai. None of this is wrong. And again, a caveat, a warning out there. Don't let other religions and other individuals dictate. Find out for yourself. Test it. Does it work for you? It may not. My spirituality may be poison for you. Your spirituality may be perfect for me. Individual. It's us. It's talking to God. It's having a conversation. It's kibitzing with God. No rules. No rules. Let's kibitz with God. Let's have a conversation. It's yours. You want to use formal prayer? Use formal prayer. You want to th think? Think. You want to say something verbally? Say it verbally. I think this is a number one source of problem is there are select individuals out there who would like to tell you that you're wrong, you're right, this is the way, this isn't, this will work, this won't work. And you know I'm telling the truth, don't you? You know that because you've seen it. You have experienced the one in ways that others have said you can't or shouldn't. There it is. That's, that was my Mirandizing you. Look out the window. See what's going on out there. See what resonates with you. See what's consistent with the reality you're living, with the news you're watching, with what you hear here on TikTok. And don't let any one individual, any one religion, any one group dictate the only way, the one way. Here are the teachings. I am the Lord your God. You shall have no other God or gods besides Adonai, besides the one. See how that fits. Ah, take a look at lifestyles. Take a look at what you're spending your time with. Take a look at how you're using your money. Where is it going? How do you treat other people? Are you being disrespectful, not paying attention to some people because you're spending your time pursuing something not worth pursuing. You're making 
the unworthy into a god. That's what the commandment's talking about. Making something unworthy worthy. It's not that we shouldn't pursue it. We should. We should watch TikTok. We should use YouTube. We, any of the social media. It's there. We created it. God created us. However, it's up to us to control. It's up to us to decide how we use it. It's up to us to see what it does to our lives. And so, the Ten Commandments, the Ten Utterances, that's what we call them in Hebrew, the Ten Utterances. The Ten Utterances are there to guide our lives, to keep us on the path. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. I am the one worthy of worship. Get a new car. Get a bigger house. Nothing wrong with that. However, if you're doing it at the expense of family, if you're doing that at your own well-being, if you're doing that at the expense of your mental and physical health, then you're worshiping house. You're worshiping material. You're, You're substituting a different God. That's what the first commandment is addressing. Am I focusing my resources, my life, my attention on that which is worthy? Now, the second commandment feeds from that. Do not make idols. Do not worship idols. Do not have graven images. All of those are ways to say the same thing. There's nothing wrong with pictures. There's nothing wrong with statues. What makes them wrong is I think that they can control, they can do, rather than having them inspire me. If I see a painting, if I see a statue, and it inspires me to better living, it inspires me to understand God's teachings, that's perfect. However, if the object becomes my focus, and if I think that object can make things different for me, if I think that I put that object here, or move it over here, or turn it upside down, or bury it, my wishes will be fulfilled, something good will happen to me, The commandment is saying, no, you are now worshipping an idol. And that's what this utterance is about. Do not make or worship idols. Well, that's what I have for you this evening. I want to continue our exploring the Ten Commandments in the 21st century. And all things being equal, I want to come back on Thursday night at 8 o'clock. And we'll continue commandment by commandment. However, if there's something else you would like me to explore or you want to bring up something else, email rabbiblock at hotmail.com and I'll address what you're asking me. I'll modify the presentation on Thursday night. 
And if you feel like it, go to Leviticus or just Google the Ten Commandments and look at the different versions and look at the translations, look at the commentary, look at what people say. My goal is to get all of us to make the Ten Commandments our own and not what someone else is telling us they should be. I'm here to teach. I'm just presenting. Thank you for watching me this evening. And I look forward to you watching me again Thursday night, 8 o'clock. Thank you.